We have it streaming live. It's the Duncanville doubleheader coming your way today. Colin Simmons, OU running back target, Caden Durham. If anything shocking were to happen today, and if Caden Durham were to choose OU, I think that we would say that that is shocking. Uh, we will let you know of anything surprising going on at the uh, Duncanville doubleheader. I, I just have the YouTube feed pulled up right now, and it keeps showing the YouTube comments from this live stream. And poor Wilt Fong. All he's doing is doing exactly what he's asked to do. Go on there and break down these two recruitments, and people are trashing him right now. All right, Steve, let's get to the decisions, huh? Let's actually get to the kids. Quit wasting airtime. It's not about you, yeah, Steve. As, as if Steve is in charge of when these kids get up on the podium to make their announcement. Uh, Colin Simmons didn't even get to the gym at Duncanville until like one fifty. Don't read the comments, Steve. Just don't don't do it. Um, yeah, two p.m. commitments. Uh, but this one's probably not going to happen until closer to 3 p.m. Because Caden Durham is announcing after Colin Simmons, correct? That is correct. He's yeah, the night, Simmons first. The nightcap of the Duncanville doubleheader? Yeah, mm. it's... I'm just going to be glad that these two recruitments are over. One of them I've barely had to cover in Simmons. But, sheesh, Caden Durham, that's... Mm, mm. Well, he, whatever way it goes, around, even his friends around here had like uh, you know some some comments on uh, Instagram feeds and yeah. If you've been paying attention, you know like you know how others have felt about this one as well. Like golly, they they didn't use the word unpredictable. What would they say? They call him a flake. Is that what he? What was what's the, uh, word the biggest used? troll? The biggest troll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. The biggest troll out there. So, Caden uh, Durham. What do we think? Colin Simmons, Texas, Caden Durham, LSU, in the next 45 minutes or so? I, I, if, if you made me pick, yes. Um, I, Simmons is going to go wherever the money is, though. So, like, you see, you see Miami is the third team there that has a hat on the table. And you're like, well, okay, well, we'll see about it. Because if you'll recall – and I made this comparison a couple of times last hour, Tyler. If you'll remember a year ago, the expectation when Cormani McLean announced was that he was going to be a Florida Gator. That was everyone's expectation. Nobody thought any differently. And then he was a Miami Hurricane. And everybody's like, what? But everybody understood why, yeah. right? Well, I- I'm watching this uh, watching this announcement with like no stress whatsoever, just because I I feel like exactly what I said is how it's going to go down. That's not going to be the case Monday at 3 p.m. Like Parker, if Colin Simmons and Caden Durham don't announce until 2:50, that's fine. Whatever, it didn't really affect my day or this show all that much. I'll laugh at that that it took them so long to get their, to their decision, but no harm, no foul. But I would, if Williams Winery, if you're listening, buddy, for, for, for the sake of me and my health <laughs> and everyone else as well, the closer you can announce to that 3 p.m. start time, I just, just the better, I think, for everyone else. Because the nerves aren't high today whatsoever. Monday at 3 p.m. is, um, boy, that's, it's, that's going to be a vibe. <laughs> it's it's going to be something, Monday at 3 p.m., because the announcement date, if you haven't heard, is moved up now. Do we make anything of that? I mean, I, I don't think moving things up a few hours would necessarily tell anything. But do you disagree? Like, what? What's is? Is there any sort of a a theory or you know what? Like, why it got moved up in the well, early just, in the afternoon? <laughs> this is one of those moments where I'm like, man, this is actually my life. Like trying to come up with a theory as to why 
a kid's announcement time got moved up. And from, okay, here's why. Here's why it got moved up. It doesn't require a theory. Lee's Summit North practices that afternoon. So him committing at 3 p.m. as opposed to 7 p.m. will enable him to make the announcement and the decision before practice as opposed to after practice, which means he won't be sweaty and in street clothes when he makes the announcement. Yeah, and practice can't run long, longer than usual. In the <laughs> yeah, 3 p.m., 3 p.m. on Monday for williams Winery. And, hey, judging by um, – just judging by some things, the attitude of social media has certainly turned over the course of the past, I don't know, 18, 24 hours or so. I, I think that you're probably to, to thank for that one. Really? But it's um, – yeah, I, I guess you gave an update yesterday on OUinsider.com. That, that is true. made a, a lot of people feel a lot better or really good about where things are currently at four days out. Okay, Colin Simmons and Caden Durham are at the podium. So here we are. 30 minutes away now, I'm sure. <laughs> 30 minutes left till we yeah, get to an announcement. So uh, I, fair to say, four days out, that's maybe in the past 48 hours or so. This is um, not that it, it, it was ever away from OU, but maybe some favorable things have, have happened here. I would tend to agree with that assessment. Yes, some favorable things have indeed happened. So I, as we sit here today... I I have never not been confident that Oklahoma was going to be the destination for Williams Nwaneri, but I'll, I'll I'll just say that I am more confident than I was at this time a week ago, probably. Well, you said eighty percent earlier today, eighty percent. That's 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 pretty good. That's 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 a that's a pretty good number. Now, I I don't think anyone should take eighty percent. Like, take 80% for exactly what it is. 80%. 80%. Like, you feel that OU definitely has the lead right now, but anything could happen in a recruitment. Anything could happen in a five-star recruitment. Anything could happen in a five-star recruitment when there's a lot of money on the table, right? Yep. So, by no means is this one over, but 80% means exactly that. You feel like OU's in a very good spot uh, going into the weekend. And that's that's kind of that's kind of it right now. That's kind of where things are at, seemingly. Well, either I'm gonna make the ten hour round trip to and from Lee's Summit to be spot on about the Williamson Winery recruitment, or I'm gonna make the ten hour trip for literally nothing. Hmm. No pressure. So, yeah, exactly. No, no, no pressure. If OU were to get Williams Winery now, by the way, OU would go from the 14th ranked class to the 12th ranked class. That's on 24/7 Sports. So just just looking uh, ahead a little bit uh, as to what could possibly happen for Williams Winery in this uh, in this recruitment. By the way, uh, rivals had their factor fiction. I, I really love this feature. I think it's great. And the factor fiction today was that Missouri's going to get two five stars in this class, not just Williams Winery. But they're also going to get Ryan Wingo, the five-star wide receiver, as well. Adam Gorney says, well, that's fiction, man. Okay. You know, m- m- there's no question Missouri has positioned itself extraordinarily well for both in-state prospects. Um, but it would be fiction to say that they're going to get both of them. However, Sean Williams of Power Mizzou, oh boy. he's saying that that's a fact. Things are definitely trending in the right direction for Missouri with both. Williams Winery and Ryan Wingo. Of course, the first domino is set to fall on August 14th as Winery, the number three player in the country, will announce his college decision. He thinks, PowerMizzou.com thinks, that they're getting both of those wide receivers, including the five-star defensive lineman on Monday. 
So it does not sound like the Missouri um, the Missouri confidence has uh, has uh, been taken down any since well, yesterday. Fortunately, yes, the Missouri confidence. Well, I, how recent is that? Was that today that that was published? That was uh, two hours ago. Oh, interesting. Okay, well. What, two hours ago from when I looked at it 30 minutes ago. What Sean Williams is reporting is not commensurate with what I have heard from the Missouri end, but I suppose that's to be expected. Um, it, fortunately, what we do know is that, per Todd Bates' nemesis... Mm, best source ever. Well... And this is not a. This is just a text. This is not Todd Bates' nemesis. Is not trying to source anything, but he did say, "Parker, I will not rip you to shreds if Williams Noineri chooses Mizzou." There's been a lot of misinformation pushed well, by that camp. Can well, we thank can you, we Todd book, Bates can nemesis. we bookmark text? Can, can we do that? Because uh, there may be some bookmarking to happen, just in case. From the four oh five regarding the announcement time change, Jamar Mosey. If you pick anyone other than OU, I'm going to run your butt off at practice. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> wouldn't hate it. I don't think that's what Jamar is going to be. I doing, don't think so either. But wouldn't hate it. Come on, Jamar, let's go. Yeah, I can. I can tell you that that Jamar and the whole Lee Summit North crew. I mean, Jamar's affinity for OU aside, there is a preference from LSN for Williams and Winery to end up at Oklahoma. That much I know. Cherokee Sooner says Power and Mizzou do not belong in the same breath. Hundred percent. By the way, Caden Durham just committed to uh, LSU. Okay, there there it is. Colin Simmons uh, was Texas, I believe, and Caden Durham throws on the uh, LSU hat. So uh, that was kind of got interesting late a little bit, but um, all all good. OU still got a very good running back class, Um, and I mean, running back depth is not an issue right now. And if we're right that Barnes and Sawchuck are true one-two backs, well, they're both going to be back for your first year in the SEC. If given the option, I would have taken Caden Durham today. Don't get me wrong, but um, this is th- this is not a huge miss in the grand scheme of things with where you're at at running back right now. So uh, I can't read that one, Blacktop Billy, but that one's very funny. Cherokee Sooner says it's all Wilt Fong's fault. He was uh, hogging up all the airtime. But, uh, yeah, Caden Durham is, uh, is off to LSU. 402, did Colin Simmons ever visit OU? Uh, once upon a time, long, long ago, yes, Colin Simmons visited Oklahoma, but he and OU haven't been a thing in over a year at this point, and it's because the outcome of this recruitment was dictated by NIL and little else. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, a lot to get to today. We're not done talking about williams Winery. Is OU about to flip a top 100 player in top 25? Huh? Oh, hello. Is, is, is that going to happen? I don't know. We'll talk about it coming up next right here on The Ref. Caden Durham off to LSU. The four-star running back is off the board. So is OU officially done at running back? Well, <laughs> Pending Andy Bass's commitment two well, weeks from today, yes. Correct. Which feels like that one's going to be OU, right? It OU, does. Syracuse, Kansas State. Uh, yeah, feels like that one's going to be OU. So not done just yet. Got Andy Bass at a Heritage Hall in-state prospect. We'll see what happens towards the end of the month. Speaking of uh, in-state prospects, it is not a very well-kept secret that OU has gotten back in the Nate Roberts recruitment. Four-star tied in out of Washington in 2025. There's even some predictions in on uh, flipping Nate Roberts from Notre Dame. I heard you say earlier, if there, that capability was there on rivals, you, that, would, I, you would predict the flip as well. It's 2023, folks. If any of the Yahoo people, if any of the higher-ups are listening, 
I would love it if we could make that a thing. Because I would have loved to do that with Ivan Carrion. I would love to do it here with Nate Roberts. Heck, I'm sure those aren't the only two in the time that I've been. Well, Brand, uh, Brandon Zerbrug, too. There you go. Uh, I don't understand why we can't put in flip picks. I don't understand why that is prohibited by the software. But if I could put in a flip pick for Nate Roberts, I'd definitely put one in. Because just start tweeting out gifts of someone doing backflips or front flips or just any sort of a flip. Yeah, because listen, Nate Roberts ain't sticking with Notre Dame. can tell you that much. And as things stand today, Oklahoma is the school that's got the best chance to land his services if and when that Notre Dame decommitment comes to fruition. Uh, Notre Dame, from what I am told, has mishandled that recruitment really from the moment they got him committed. And I don't know how are, you do that. I mean, man, he's he's because he's a good player, man. That is somebody that's got, gosh, close to forty offers at this point. I forget exactly how many, but every big offer you could want, Nate Roberts has it as a rising junior, and really feeling like Oklahoma's got the juice to keep that kid home. As dire as that situation looked a couple of months back, when. He was whittling down his short list, and it didn't seem like Oklahoma had a ton of momentum there. Well, here we are, and due in no small part to one Kevin Sperry and the work that he's put in as a peer recruiter, Oklahoma is in prime position to land Nate Roberts. Yeah, and, and, and we brought this up a couple of times before, but it's so exciting, the potential to think about. It's worth bringing up again. Here's what the... Uh, state of Oklahoma looks like for 2025, okay? C.J. Nixon is a four-star out of Weatherford, an edge player. Number 38 player nationally. Nate Roberts, who we're just talking about, the number 61 player nationally. Tristan Haynes, a corner from Carl Albert, the number 85 player nationally. Jaden Nickens, who's committing on Saturday, the number 88 player nationally. So as it stands right now, today, the state of Oklahoma has four players in state in 2025 who are ranked top 90 overall. How many times in the history of recruiting rankings has that happened? I don't know for sure, but I'm willing to say never. Not frequently, my friend. Not Four frequently. in the top 90, okay? And if that's not good enough, Elijah Thomas right now, currently an OU commit, is ranked 222. He's a four-star. Guys, he gonna he, go up. He, he's, he's going to rise up the boards here. He, he just is. Kevin Sperry, the three-star quarterback commit, um, guess what? There's a good chance he's a top 100 player by the time it's all said and done. And the other four in the top 100, we just talked about Nate Roberts. There's definitely a chance he's an OU flip. Jaden Nickens, the crystal balls point to him committing to OU on Saturday. Now you're left with Tristan Haynes, number 85 player nationally. Well, half of his team is going to go play for <laughs> OU. I would feel good about that one. And C.J. Nixon, yes, he's very quiet. But if there's been any indication whatsoever on who leads in his recruitment, it might be OU. So 2025 could be the best year in the recruiting rankings era for the state of Oklahoma. And the way it looks right now, OU's going to clean house in its own state. Heck of a time for the state to have maybe its best year that it's had in many, 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 many years. And I would think there's a good chance that Five, ten years down the road, we look back on the 2025 class as the best in modern history for the state of Oklahoma. And potentially, if Oklahoma is able to maintain their stranglehold on these in-state relationships and, as you mentioned, clean house within state lines in the class of 2025, you could look back on it as the type of class that helped lay the foundation for a national championship at the University of Oklahoma. I mean, they could get six of the seven top players in the state – 
and all six of those, I would guess, are probably going to end up being four-star or higher. The one player is Caden Knighton, uh, Vanderbilt commit out of Winniewood. And I heard you say before that if DeMarco wanted Caden Knighton, all yeah. he would have to do is text him and say, hey, come to OU, and he'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. So it feels like they're going to fare quite nicely in 2025. Yeah, well, in 2025, mm-hmm. too, is one of those classes where running back is really not high on the priority list. So it might be a one-take class. There's a world in which they take two, depending on attrition over the next year within that group. But it could be a one-take class in the 2025 cycle, and DeMarco Murray's got some elite options. Yeah. So uh, Caden, I think that playing with Caden Nine is just kind of to wait and see. Uh, by the way, before we get to the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, Ref Army, what up? I see you listening on the KREF app, KREF. Search it in the App Store if you haven't already. Download our free app today. Jefferson City, Missouri is tuned in. Dayton, Ohio, Henderson, Texas, Lawrence, Kansas, Westfield, New Jersey, Jonesboro, Arkansas, Naperville, Illinois, small Oklahoma town of the day, Afton, Oklahoma. Maybe even Afton has a four-star that we don't know about just yet in the, st- in the uh, class of 2025. Everyone else does in the state in the 2025 class. Maybe Afton's got a three- or four-star somewhere around there. Uh, Ref Army Locator brought to you by k Furniture Consignment. With locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street, much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will be any local competitor's price on fabrics. From the 405, class of 25, anything about the quarterback from Blanchard and the kid from Tuttle? Uh, not in these rankings, no. I don't, I don't see either of those in the top ten. I'm not familiar with the quarterback from Blanchard or the kid from Tuttle. Shaker uh, Isaac, those... though, is in the uh, top ten, number nine player in the state. Yeah, who is? Give, give me names. Who is the quarterback from Blanchard and the kid from Tuttle? I would love to know. Love to know if those are guys I need to be on the lookout for. Angry yeah. Ronnie, C.J. Nixon gets one big basketball offer. He's picking it, which they will come. Yeah, and C.J. Nixon is kind of one guy in that 25 class that I've never counted on just because he is a basketball guy. And he will have high major offers in the sport of basketball. And he comes from a basketball family. No doubt Miguel Chavis and the OU staff are going to do their best to keep him home and try to convince him to play football. And maybe down the line, you know, Oklahoma makes a push on the multi-sport front and tries to convince the kid that, hey, you can do both at OU. But I, I'm just I'm holding my horses on C.J. Nixon right now. I love this from Shooter Gundy. Remember when Cowherd said, oh, you know, state of Oklahoma. They don't produce any talent like Nebraska. They're the next Nebraska. Nebraska, no in-state talent. Oklahoma, no in-state talent as well. Uh, Sooner Gundy says, take that, Cowherd, Nebraska, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would say uh, everyone needs to tweet what the uh, 20, really, I mean, even the 24, but the 25 rankings look like in-state for uh, the state of Oklahoma. Cowherd's got uh, enough of a mess on his hands right now after what he said a couple of days yeah. ago. Yeah. Bad, bad, not, not great. Not great indeed. Sticky situation. Sooner Steve and I listen every day and you never say anyone is listening in Oklahoma City. And I, am I coming through on the app map? Yes. Um, admittedly, Sooner Steven, I, like, we look for small towns in the state of Oklahoma but Oklahoma City is always uh, well represented on the app map. Thank you. Thank you for checking in. I, I, at some point, we do need to give a tip of the cap to the larger cities in the state of Oklahoma that are listening uh, every single day. Um, yeah, Caden Durham, in case you missed it, going to LSU. How big of a deal is it for Texas to get Colin Simmons, five-star, top 40 player nationally? That's a big deal. 
Like, is that their highest ranked commit up to this point? I believe so. Yes, and again, one of the more sought-after players in the entire nation. That's the crown jewel of their 24 class, much like Arch Manning <laughs> was hmm. in their 23 class. So now I think the if, if you're Oklahoma, this is where you're like, all right, Grant Bricks, come on down. Colin Simmons, you want to wear the burnt orange? That's just fine. We'll go get that country-strong kid from up in Iowa to stonewall you. I like the idea of that. Uh, another uh, a new recruiting pitch for Grant Bricks. He feels like a guy that would be all about Come that. Come shut that would work down Colin Simmons, bro. Come down here to Oklahoma. Play against the kid from Duncanville whose name has been a household one in recruiting circles from the time he was a freshman. You didn't get your first offer till you were about to start your junior season, and you're from Logan, Iowa. Everybody nationally, when they hear Colin Simmons is going to be lining up opposite a small-town kid from the state of Iowa in the Cotton Bowl, they're going to write you off. Well, you don't have to write back, as Geno Simmons would, or Geno Smith would say. The recruiting doomer. This is how well the, uh, the running back situation is at OU right now. The recruiting doomer just said, thank God we don't have to pay attention to Caden Durham anymore. That dude was way annoying. <laughs> that's, that's. Do, I, do I disagree? I do not. Uh, Angry Ronnie, two-part question. What did Cal Punk say, and what was his response to the aftermath? Um, he, he had a list of quarterbacks I, on Monday or Tuesday, like a, graph, like a graphic on his show. Quarterbacks he believed can't win a Super Bowl, and he had a quarterback that has since passed that was on the, uh, on the list. It was... Um, yeah, it just wasn't. It was Dwayne Haskins, in case you're wondering. D- Dwayne Haskins passed. What it was it around a year ago now? I, I forget the exact date, but um, not 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 great that they included uh, Dwayne Haskins on the show. And he's been getting uh, he's been getting hammered for it as as he should. Not not great at all. Uh, okay, as we go into the break, yeah, I'm going to give you a few minutes and the text line a few minutes to think about something. Okay, so as it pertains to the three. Five-star defensive lineman, OU's in on right now. Winery, Stone, and McKinley. Mm-hmm. If you could please arrange these in order of most likely to least likely, okay? And the options, are, of course, are getting zero of the three, getting one of the three, getting two of the three, or, oh, baby, they hit the jackpot and they go three for three <laughs> with the five-star defensive lineman, Okay. So I'll, I'll get yours uh, on the other side. We'll get the text lines as well, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More OU Cruton next, right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC, bringing you this hour of Locked In. Dor- Dorsey Jones, they are family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. Dorsey Jones, their low-pressure environment, creates an enjoyable experience for everyone. Their sales staff is knowledgeable and eager to assist you before and after the buying process. They have all that's and incredible pricing as well. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Happy commitversary to Kenneth Murray. All he did was, uh, he was drafted in the first round by the Chargers, but he was a three-star, Parker. Three-star you. Kenneth Murray was a three-star from Missouri City, Texas, and oh, he panned out. It can happen. Three stars can pan out and have great careers. Kenneth Murray was one of those. And he had to play, like, right away, too. He did have to play right away. And who even was his position coach at the time? Tim Kish? 
Was right? It like, and was was Bob Diaco linebackers coach in 18, or was he outside linebackers coach? I don't remember. But the point is, I guess what I'm getting at is, Kenneth Murray was such a ridiculous specimen. First off, like I, I frankly don't know how he was a three-star out of high school. That just doesn't make sense to me, because three-stars don't go three and out straight to the NFL. Three seasons to NFL first-round draft pick with the ragtag group of coaches that Kenneth Murray had over the years. And Brian Odom was good for him in 2019. No doubt about that. Brian Odom, Brian Odom really good recruit. linebackers he can, he can evaluate and recruits. Really good linebackers coach, Brian Odom. But with everything, all the turnover that Kenneth Murray had to experience within the coaching staff during his three years at Oklahoma, it's I, I think it puts it gives greater context to what he did and makes you realize just how impressive it is that he was able to literally start every single game he ever played in at Oklahoma and be a first-round NFL draft pick after his junior year. Yeah. Uh, okay, OU's in on three five-star defensive linemen right now. Dominant McKinley, uh, Dominant McKinley, Williams, Winery, David Stone. Zero, one, two, three. What's the correct order here in terms of uh, most likely of what OU can pull off in this class? How many most likely, two of three. Second most likely, three of three. Ooh. Man, third most likely one of three, and least likely over three. That's exactly what I had. Okay, yeah, I mean to to get everyone a little bit too excited here. I I definitely the two I agree on the most, two to start off, and zero at the <laughs> very end of it. I, they're they're at least getting they're at least getting one of these defensive linemen. I just I I adamantly believe that. And I like you. I think most likely that it's they get two out of the three. Three out of three is absolutely in play. You have them as the second most likely option, but that is, I think we can all agree, that's ultimately going to depend on what Dominic McKinley does. Like, if you could tell me today that Dominic McKinley is going to pick OU, then I swap that out and I go three most likely. Would you be the same way? At that point, yes, I would. Yeah. Now, if they if they go zero for three with McKinley, Winery, and Stone, that is an all time fumble. I see virtually no path for that to happen. I right now, I w- I would put money on them getting Winery and Stone. I'm not quite there with McKinley, which is why I say two out of three. But I would certainly say three of three is more likely than one of three. Because also, like, let's just say for the sake of the argument, Winery picks Mizzou next week think Oklahoma isn't going to push just a little bit harder to get Dominic McKinley on board at that point uh yeah I think that I think that they might and they also wouldn't give up on uh give up on Williams or Aaron either Loco Ohio says three to three because go big or go home and why not we are OU we know what can happen I believe all three of them do too Booma uh Chris and Lindsay says two of three seems realistic <laughs> Dirty Mike and Okarchi. I love that. Dirty Mike and Okarchi says one stone, two Winery, three McKinley. I'm saying we pull off the hat trick. That's bold, Dirty Mike. I, I do think you have it in the right order of my confidence As level. do I. Stone, Winery, and uh, McKinley. One, two, three. I like that a lot. Uh, nine, one, eight. I'm hoping two or three. No McKinley, but probably one of three would be David Stone. Blacktop Billy says, dude, I say three for three. Boomer. 308 for once I agree with Doomer. 
Tired of Caden Durham and his upside-down smiley face emoji. Seems like someone who needs to be the star of the show. I say he made the best decision for himself and OU. Not picking OU. And I think there's some truth to that, too. I, To be honest, it looks like Andy Bass is going to commit to Oklahoma on the 24th, two weeks from today. I, I don't know how controversial this is going to be. But I especially with Taylor Tatum in the fold at Oklahoma, I like Andy Bass better for OU than Caden Durham. Ooh, okay. Now, well, I just I, – I think Caden Durham's a better player than Andy Bass. I, I don't want to get that twisted. But for what Oklahoma's looking for in terms of how he fits within the framework of the running back room as well as the broader culture of OU football – I think Andy Bass makes more sense. Okay, for let me Durham. make a uh, lazy comparison here. And okay. I say lazy comparison because I'm really not trying to go the direction it seemingly always goes when we talk about Gavin Freeman. Oh, yeah, 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 Wes Welker or any other white, small, white, wide receiver that we can think of, right? What, what is the comparison? How fair is it for Andy Bass uh, for Gavin Freeman? The way that they would use him at OU, body type, just kind of, just kind of, uh, you know, everything. Is there a comparison to be made whatsoever? Yes, I think there's a comparison to be made. Also, I think Andy Bass, much like Gavin Freeman, is a guy that, given his athleticism and the way that he, and I. There are some people that might not see it this way, and that's fine. But to me, Andy Bass, much like Gavin Freeman, is very college-ready in terms of his skill set. And so like Gavin Freeman, I think Andy Bass is somebody that could show up and as a freshman see some spot duty despite the expectations that people might have or rather not have for him as a member of Oklahoma's recruiting class. Because Gavin Freeman, like, let's keep in mind here, Gavin Freeman just felt like kind of a tacked-on bonus to Oklahoma's 2023 halt the wide receiver really position. It was Jaden Gibson and it was Nick Anderson, and those were the two guys that everybody was buzzing about. It didn't about. feel like he was really going to get significant playing time. Honestly, I mean, we, we heard some buzz about him in the offseason, but it really didn't feel that way until he got his first touch against UTEP, and it was, oh, he scored a touchdown on his exactly. first touch. Okay. Exactly. Andy Bass can run. That, that dude can run. Not quite as fast as Caden Durham, but – the difference there is not terribly substantial. He offers position versatility, can split out wide, play receiver, can play out of the backfield, and he is a rock-solid 205 pounds. I mean, chiseled. So what he brings to the table, I think it's going to play for Oklahoma and play pretty early on. Uh, 580 says, so we hate Colin Simmons. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was from, that was from earlier. It says, as long as they're all program guys. Correct. Todd Bates Nemesis says, when Ari Stone, McKinley, Smith, Okoye, lock, 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 <laughs> lock, lock. Let's go, Todd Bates Nemesis. That'll be the best D-line class in the country right there. Jesse G says, give me four out of three, Boomer. Four out of the three five-star defensive linemen. Sam and Edmund says, Parker, give us the dirt on Caden Durham. We all want the dirt, Parker. I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to decide if I should go here yet. No, it's too fresh. I got a few Caden Durham story- stories, though. We'll, uh, we'll revisit those down the line. 
I don't want it to feel like sour grapes right after the kid commits to LSU. And I don't want it to be portrayed that way. People are foaming at the mouth to uh, hear anything about Caden Durham. To be like, yeah, see? Good. Glad. Go to LSU. Thank you. Great. 405, what's Nigel Smith's potential as far as rankings in the 2024 class? Is he a top 100 player currently in the 24, uh, 24-7 composite rankings? I believe or, so. Yeah. And probably a guy that's going to – and he dropped throughout the offseason. I think I just mentioned he yesterday was, he was like in the 80s somewhere. So, yeah, yeah I think After his junior year, he was verging on five-star territory, and then he dropped. And that has to do with the fact that the kid has never shown up to any camps. All he does is just play ball and dominate on Friday nights. He's hardly ever made an appearance at – an Under Armour camp or a Rivals camp or anything of the like. So some guys rose in his place via their performances on the camp circuit in the offseason. But when that kid hits the field for his senior year, I think his ranking is going to bump back up and put him in top 50 consideration once again. Yeah, Nigel Smith, 24-7 composite rankings, which if you're newer to recruiting, first off, welcome to the show. It's a roller coaster covering all this stuff. It, it really is. Monday could be a very good day, but not all days are great around here in the world of recruiting. Uh, Nigel Smith, uh, 24-7 composite ranking, sorry. That is basically an average of the three recruiting services that are out there. 24-7, Rivals, on three, and they still do ESPN, correct? So I guess it's an average of the four? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Nigel Smith, 24-7 composite rankings. He's the number 84 overall player. Okay. So that's what we're looking at here. And just to kind of show... Everything OU still has out there, in terms of top 100 players that uh, are uncommitted at this point that OU's in on, Nigel Smith at 84, okay, Grant Bricks at 74, and we just talked about the three five-stars, defensive linemen, McKinley, Stone, and Winery, all in the top 100 as well. So five top 100 guys, and unless I'm missing anyone else, I think that's the final number. Five top 100 guys OU still in on. So there's still a lot left out there for uh, for this class, which is currently ranked, what, 14th? Yeah, so top 10 class, the likelihood of that looking pretty pretty good. And I I don't know if I would bet my mortgage on it. Wait, I don't have a mortgage. Hmm. I don't know if I would be willing to bet my salary on it. Let's put it that way. But I'd lay down some money that Grant Briggs and Nigel Smith are both top 50 players by the end of the cycle. Uh, yeah, Grant Briggs, that, that wouldn't shock me whatsoever. He ends up being a top 50 player. Yeah, you want again, you want somebody on hand to shut down Colin Simmons in the Cotton Bowl? Grant Briggs is that dude. Nice pickup, Zach, from the 405. Five in the top 100. OU still has out there. Zach says, hey, that's the same number as USC decommits so far this cycle. <laughs> that's exactly right. Maybe more to come by the time we get to signing day. That wouldn't shock me at all. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to a ton of text coming up next segment and more OU Cruton as well. Keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McCombus and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Here's what the top 15 currently looks like for the 2024 rankings. Georgia is at 1.0. Ohio State at 2, Florida at 3, Bama at 4, Florida State at 5, Michigan at 6, LSU at 7, Penn State at 8, Notre Dame at 9, Tennessee at 10, Oregon at 11, Clemson at 12, A&M at 13, OU at 14, USC at 15. Sounds crazy to say that 
it would ever be most surprising that a Florida recruiting class would be in the top ten. But out of all of those that I just read, the most surprising to me is Florida sitting at number three after the uh, rough start recruiting that they've had and the uh, rough start under Billy Napier all the way up to the number three class. And I think that's, you know, that's buoyed by some of the big-time additions that they made early on, like Miles Graham, uh, DJ Lagway, obviously their quarterback commit. There was a thought at one point that he was going to reclassify but ended up staying in the 2024 class, and he's kind of been the head honcho, the one coordinating the 24 group for Florida. And I agree, like, that the potential is there for that class to fracture depending on the outcome of Florida's 2023 season. I don't like the outcome of Florida's upcoming season. This this is a pivotal year for Billy Napier because I I, I am very much of the opinion that that's a guy that should be given time to win at Florida. Mm -hmm. Florida football fans are not patient people, though, Tyler. Not patient people at all. Previous head coach there did not care and did not want to recruit whatsoever. Didn't care about it, didn't want to do it. Old Danny Mullen. So, if Billy Napier doesn't take his on-field product a step upward in 2023, he'll be on the hot seat, if not fired, by the end of the year. Yeah. Because Florida doesn't want to wait to win, man. They've never wanted to wait. Wade in OKC says, other than a sweet dose of karma, what's driving the decommits at USC? We brought up the, uh, the text from Sean a couple of days ago that Maybe uh, recruits are reading the tea leaves about Lincoln Riley leaving for the NFL rather soon. I mean, it is fascinating that all five of those decommits are California kids. That's the most interesting element out of, out of all of that. So Muleshoe's struggling with retention. Imagine that. This is where, folks, in recognition of Brent Venable's visit policy... You are reminded of what things were like before Brent Venables was head coach at the University of Oklahoma with kids like Luther Burden and Jordan Hudson, who were, quote-unquote, committed. But as long as they were still visiting around and tweeting about other schools and posting visit pictures with other schools, man, you just constantly felt antsy about whether or not they were actually going to put pen to paper for your institution. Right now, Oklahoma's got 19 2024 commits, and none of them are in any particular danger of reneging. That that Brent's uh, recruiting policy, when he first came out with it, that was highly scrutinized, man. Yeah. Highly scrutinized. And they had some decommits last year with everything that was going on during the season. We'll see how this season goes. We'll see if they have any decommits. It, it doesn't feel like that's imminent, but... Like looking back at it now, I think it's worked out quite nicely for OU, and it's not as scrutinized as it was in the beginning. I think people look at that and say, "Oh, there's not as many decommits as some some uh, other programs across the country." Yeah, okay, it, yeah, it, it it works. I'm going to make a prediction right now. I'm going to say that on signing day, when Oklahoma's class is finalized, there will be. Zero decommitments. I, that won't shock me. In the class of 2024. That Zero. That won't shock me. Because, I mean, who who decommitted last cycle? There were four of them. Ashton Cozart, who effed around and found out with the visit policy. Caleb Spencer, same deal. And then Colton Vosick and Anthony Evans, the staff let those two take other visits. They made an exception, let those two take other visits, and ultimately they ended up flipping. And so the lesson learned there is you don't make exceptions to your policy for anybody. You adhere to it rigidly. And that's what Oklahoma has done and will do. I think that ought to make retention as sure of a thing as it ever has been. 
Uh, let's see. Cole and KC, do you guys realize that we're only four days away from it being 5,000 days since Texas last won a conference title? It's going to be 5,000 days until Texas kicked that game winner against Nebraska and the 2009 Big 12 championship game? Dang. I'm going to have fun with that on social media in four days. I don't know about the rest of you. We'll definitely be making fun of that. Because when Aries in four days as well, right? That's that. So four, yeah, that'll be on Monday. Monday has the potential to be a very, a very fun day. Man, Colt McCoy. Fun day. Colt McCoy tried so hard, so hard. He's so lucky he got a second left. That one away. Lucky he got a second left. <sighs> what could have been? I know. Would have been sweet if Nebraska would have won that 09 title game. Sue just wrecked the entire Texas entire offensive line all night long. Yeah, and Dominic and Sue in 2009. Might be the best defensive player that college football has seen in the 21st century. Legit, man. He was he was awesome. So, still sitting at 80. When we started the show today, it was 80% for williams area to OU. Still at 80%? I mean, yes. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say anything has changed since we've gone on the air. So, yeah, I feel, I, I feel good about it right now. We'll see if I feel as good come next Monday. Again, there's time for this thing to change. There's time for Missouri to reclaim some of that momentum that they'd picked up the last couple of weeks. But there's seemingly one way that they would try to do that uh-huh. if that's their if that if that's their path. OU is in the driver's seat and has been. Tyler, I like the Sooners. I have liked the Sooners. I'm not budging on that. Not right now, at least. Monday at 3 p.m. for Williams Winery. Four days out from the number one player according to On Three, number three player according to Rivals, announcing between OU and Missouri. Uh, All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.